Greetings, listeners. Hola, sambano, bonjour, namaskara, kumaste. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Esther Claire for any newbies listening in, and I will be spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. In today's episode, I will be sharing the speeches at the Worldwide Rally here in Perth, Western Australia, held at Forest Chase on Saturday, the 20th of November, where at least over 10,000 people, I mean, I can't be too sure, but there definitely was a colossal of protesters against mandates of the vaccine, jab, saline solution, DNA altering injection, give it a name, it has so many just like its booster shots. I believe there's now three or maybe even potentially four rolling out in other countries. I must say I had goosebumps from the crowd. The hypothalamus sent quite a few nerves running through the system, as did the speeches said by a group of people consisted of police, nurses, fire and rescue, doctors, miners, mothers, even a teenager got up in front of thousands. So please stay tuned and listen in to the voices that need to be heard. New South Wales will drop vaccine passports on December 15. Queensland will introduce them to enter hospitality venues from December 17, as will WA once the state reopens. I'm going to keep the deal with Australians. I've been saying this consistently ever since I put the national plan together and got all of the states and territories to agree to it. And we're going to keep going with that plan. Australians have earned that. They've they've kept their part of the deal. I assure you that I intend to keep mine. Of those 141, 60 um, are under the age of 55 and 28 under the age of 35. And of the 43 people in intensive care, uh, one is in their teens, seven are in their 20s, three are in their 30s, 14 are in their 15s, and 12 are in their 60s, and six are in their 70s. So this is affecting people of all ages with very serious disease. All but one all but one uh, are vaccinated. One person has just received one dose of vaccine. United will never be divided. Together, 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 united will never be divided.
Now, no matter your views on vaccines, all Australians want the same thing. For this all to be over, for our freedoms to be reinstated, to be able to travel and visit our family. I say enough with the division and anger. Let's reach out with understanding and compassion to those that have different views. Let's find that common ground. We all want freedom. Let's help them to understand our point of view and let's understand theirs. Now is a time for us all to come together as one. When I look at what's going on now, I liken it to that of a large bushfire. When I first came to these rallies, they were a lot smaller, just like that first fire truck of what's going to be a large-scale incident. Not many people were aware of the danger, except those on the front line. And they didn't have the resources to fight it. It was growing too quickly, but it didn't stop them trying. As the fire grows, the resources grow. Just like this, over time, more and more people have joined in. It was this fire, the government, that was unstoppable. Now, we are unstoppable! Yeah! It's all done. There'll be a lot of irreversible damage. And then begins the long process of recovery, rebuilding, and learning from our mistakes. into taking this experimental jab and her life now is not great. Many of you will know her, her name is Chantelle. She's currently recovering in the ICU today from surgery yesterday, so she's very sorry she can't be here. And she has a message for you all. As you know, this week she was attacked publicly by a cowardly, gutless reporter who does not know her. She gave Chantelle less than 24 hours to respond, in which she chose not to because she was sitting in a hospital waiting room. Here's her message. I'm sorry I can't be here to say this to everyone face to face, but I am recovering in ICU from surgery. I want to thank every single person here and everyone who has supported, encouraged, sent messages and had my back because I am not strong enough to do it all myself. I really thank you from the bottom of my heart and I will be forever grateful. You have all made a very hard situation for me and others so much easier to deal with. Stay strong everyone, positive changes are starting to be made. You are making a difference! I have been a nurse for 17 years. I have, I have worked in critical care, remote regional areas, and I've even been a vaccination nurse. I stand here today awake as an advocate to myself 
and to the Australian people. I see it as my duty to do what is right. It is time we take a stand as a united people and protect our kids and say no to this mandate. This will be very quick, it'll be short and sweet. I would now like to read a poem by a very respected nurse and it is titled, I really was just a nurse. For 30 years I have served you. I have cared for every kind. To discriminate your illness was never on my mind. I'm not ignorant or selfish. In fact, I have sacrificed so much. Christmases and birthdays, first steps, school plays and such. I have been bitten, scratched and sworn at, knocked unconscious to the floor. But I never, ever left my patients or turfed them out the door. Now suddenly a mandate that makes so little sense. A leaky jab with side effects is not the absolute defence. A control group is gold standard in all experimental trials. So stop banning all the treatments whilst you mandate costly vials. You are silencing and censoring the experts who debate. You are manipulating the data, promoting division, fear and hate. I am a kind, intelligent person, a nurse, a mum, a wife. I am compassionate and thoughtful and just want freedom in my life. I'm no more a risk than yesterday. Of that, the evidence is, is clear. If you feel the jab is right for you, then you have nothing more to fear. A leap of faith is all I have, just as you have dismissed me for my choice. And even though you have stabbed my heart, you cannot quiet my voice. Oh! 
a few years ago, I, I started to look at all the research papers because I'd been a health geek. And I've been a, an investigator for 30 years, and I've been taught how to investigate facts. But the evidence wasn't adding up. For my demographic, fit and healthy, it appeared that the potential short-term side effects would be worse than if I caught the disease itself. or I won't even know I've got it. I'll have to test it to find out if I've got it. No one knows what the prognosis is going to be two or three or four years down the line. But I kept hearing the media telling me I was selfish. Hold on a minute. It doesn't prevent me transmitting it. It doesn't prevent me catching it. It doesn't prevent me from giving it to some poor lady in a care, aged care home. But I tell you what I do, I'm not selfish. I take responsibility for my health. I don't drink, I eat well, I exercise. Being a firefighter is more than just a job. After all, there isn't many jobs where you're willing to put yourself in a life-threatening situation. For many, being a firefighter is their identity. The fire brigade is like a second family that all, to, to all that serve. Over the last couple of weeks, I've counseled many of my brothers and sisters, and I can tell you the psychological impacts are devastating. Many cannot work due to stress and anxiety. Many of us don't feel like we have a chance. To refuse the job means walking away from the job that we love and not knowing how you're going to feed your family. Many of us will also walk away. We won't get the vaccine and so to December 1st, we will not be able to serve in the job that we love. All righty, we've got a speaker now that I think so many people have come to see because quite frankly she is the expert who's been standing up for our rights on this issue for a long time sounds like we have some more friends arriving that's great welcome them give them a round of applause why not because we're here to, we're here for love make love not war right oh there we go so with that wonderful bit of applause that you're about to give her put those hands together for dr julie wildman ladies and gentlemen I'd just like to say, I knew you would all be here when we needed you. The jabbed and the unjabbed and united, we can change this agenda. Many of you have followed my journey and for many years, so you will be aware of the corruption of the science and the corruption of the politics that have led to politicians blatantly mandating an untested genetic technology in the human population. Shame on our government! This is not a vaccine. This 
is an untested drug. Lawyers are even calling it a device, not a medicine. And it has never been proven to prevent COVID-19 disease. It has never been tested to prevent COVID-19 disease, only to reduce the symptoms. This is not a vaccine, it is a drug. So, Mr McGowan and employers, you are implementing an injection program, not a vaccination program. And this is the very different thing. You have not provided any risk assessment for this injection program. So your claim that you are doing it to keep employers safe is fraudulent. Your own government data shows that you're killing and harming thousands of Australians with this injection program every day. Mr Morrison and Mr McGowan and all politicians, this is called genocide and we want these mandatory policies immediately repealed. And to doctors, politicians, church leaders, journalists and celebrities, stop telling people you are following the science. You are not. You are following the industry pseudoscience and promoting a religion through bullying and emotional arguments. Censorship and bullying are not a consensus of the science. And yesterday, Mr Morrison told the world that Australians had done the right thing. They had done the work and we now have 80% vaccination rates across the country. That's right. All of you that were bribed for your jobs and livelihoods, your ability to feed your families and to participate in society in a meaningful way, to take this untested genetic technology, have done it voluntarily. No acknowledgement of the stress and terror that Australians are feeling as he pulls out the very existence of your lives. Shame on Mr Morrison. You have committed the biggest crime a government can commit on its people. Mr Morrison was also quoted as saying he did not believe that he had ever lied to the people. Yet he is currently telling the world that Australians have reached 80% vaccination rates voluntarily. So 
we are truly in 1984, where black is white and two plus two equals five. You are not using science, Mr. Morrison. You are using industry-funded pseudoscience from the Doherty Institute. Statistical manipulation with non-transparent industry assumptions. And doctors are parroting this industry science because they are regulated by a medical board that is controlled by the government. The Australian Health Practitioners Regulatory Authority that has reversed medical ethics and principles so doctors are required to support government vaccination policies against the patient's best interests. Shame on doctors! Well, Mr Morrison and all premiers across this country these are not vaccination policies, these are injection policies and with an untested and very dangerous technology, a crime against humanity. Can it be any clearer than that? So how did industry stop doctors and scientists from questioning the science? They coined the word anti-vaxxer and they used the media to denigrate and ridicule anyone who dares to question the risk-benefit of using multiple vaccines as anti-vaxxers. You have been told what to think and now science is a religion through the bullying and denigration from the Murdoch-controlled mainstream media. A drug that has never been tested to see if it prevents a disease is not a vaccine. And humans do not need vaccines to live on this earth. Humans are born with perfectly formed immune systems that enable us to naturally prevent disease and the use of multiple vaccines is destroying our natural immunity and causing an epidemic of chronic illnesses that is destroying the genetic fabric of society. Yeah. Governments are not listening to the science. They are listening to pseudoscience and it is up to the public to change the language of this debate so that Mark McGowan understands the genocide that he has committed by his unlawful public health orders. So, this is how we will change the discussion with our family and friends. Firstly, this is not a vaccination campaign. It is an injection campaign, so remove that word from your discussions. And Mark McGowan's entire justification for this policy is destroyed if that happens because he cannot claim that it is keeping people safe. It is not. And there is no such thing as an unvaccinated person against COVID-19 disease because there is no vaccine proven to prevent this disease. Yeah. 
Mr. Morrison, you need to, you need to immediately remove your disgraceful advertisement that has been used to divide this nation at Christmas time. This advert is telling people they should be concerned if there are family and friends present that are unvaccinated. Mr. Morrison, is this preparation for when you want to remove the unvaccinated and put them in the quarantine camps that are being built in every state across this country? This federal Liberal government under Scott Morrison is turning family and friends against each other based on false and arbitrary medical definitions and information. When the World Health Organization's definition no longer fit the agenda, the corporate partners change the definitions to suit the agenda. Well, Australians are saying enough is enough and we are standing with our Indigenous community in the Northern Territory who are leading the way. Australians are saying no to the testing of any healthy person who does not have symptoms. We say no! <laughs> Australians say no to healthy, uh, to QR coding and case tracing for healthy people without symptoms. We say no! Australians say no to healthy people without symptoms being quarantined for two weeks. We say no. And there is no such thing as an unvaccinated person because humans do not need vaccines to live. We are the healthy people who are creating immunity in the population that reduced the risk from infectious diseases by creating natural herd immunity. <laughs> Australians do not use the word unvaccinated because there is no proof that this injection will prevent COVID-19 disease. In fact, our own government regulator, the TGA, states that it cannot prevent COVID-19 disease because it is not specific to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's right, it is not designed to prevent disease. It is a medical device, not a vaccine. So, we are the unjabbed and unvaxed, not the unvaccinated because this is a drug not a vaccine. Please order your t-shirts that are being sold at the back of this um, venue for next week so you can wear your t-shirts. We are unjabbed, not unvaccinated.
use of the arguments that will unite us with our family and friends. And you need a t-shirt to get this into their faces. And this is how we will defeat our corrupted government. And just to let you know, I will be standing for the Australian Federation Party and we will change the agenda of this government. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Judy Wildman, everyone. Always has so much amazing information. We have another doctor coming up to speak. Make him very welcome indeed. Put those hands together for Dr. Mitch Levo, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Judy Wileyman. Ten years of speaking the truth, ten years of bravery, ten years of real science. Here's another five minutes of real science. I, I could speak for five hours on ten critical flaws. Any one of them blows the whole thing out of the water, but instead I'll just choose one. PCR is not a test for a disease. Who says so? The inventor, Dr. Kerry Mullis, Nobel Prize winning Dr. Kerry Mullis, says if you're good enough, you can find anything in anyone. Who else says that the PCR test is not a test for a disease? How about the US Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, Emergency Use Authorisation, PCR Instructions for Use, page 38 of 80. Detection of viral RNA may not indicate the presence of infectious virus or that the virus is the causative agent for clinical symptoms. Who else says this test is nonsense? How about Public Health England? publication called Understanding Cycle Threshold CT in SARS-CoV-2 RT-PCR, a guide for health protection teams. RT-PCR detects presence of viral genetic material in a sample but is not able to distinguish whether infectious virus is present. So no one actually says it works. The public health authorities are telling us it doesn't work if you read the small print but they're just pretending that it does when they get into the media. And not only that, but mass, even if the test did work, which it doesn't, how about mass testing? Even if it did work and it was 99% accurate, 99% specific, and you tested 10,000 people who were non-infected, you're still going to get 100 false positives. Now, is that really complicated to figure out? And how many positive tests do we need to shut down an entire state? Maybe one or zero. That's all we need. Of course, they're bloody false positives. And who else agrees with that? How about the World Health Organization on their publication called Recommendations for National SARS-CoV-2 Testing Strategies and Diagnostic Capabilities, page three of 16. The use of widespread testing in asymptomatic populations is not currently recommended. And the PCR test is not specific to SARS-CoV-2. Who else says this test is rubbish? How about the Australian Public Health Laboratory Network? the guiding body in Australia. Guidelines on nucleic acid test result interpretation for SARS-CoV-2, page two of seven. As it is extremely likely SARS-CoV-1 or other SARS-like bat viruses are circulating in the human population, a presumptive positive report most likely indicates SARS-CoV-2 detection. Let me say that in simpler language. This just tests for any coronavirus or any other SARS-like bat virus, even if it did work. So where's the novel strain? Where's the new disease? And finally, asymptomatic people do not cause infection in others. Did you ever catch a cold or a flu from someone who didn't have one? The uninjected are not dangerous. There is no evidence from anywhere. 
a study of 10 million people in China could not prove that one single infected person was infected by an asymptomatic carrier. It's a complete myth and it even says so when you read the papers. They don't even claim to have proven it, they just state that it's an assumption. So even the public health agencies are not even pushing the idea in their publications that there is such a thing as asymptomatic transmission. So to summarise the main points so far, what we seem to be facing is a so-called pandemic of an alleged new disease with no new symptoms and no new virus based on false positive results from the flawed mass testing of healthy people with a device that doesn't measure disease. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Now, I've, uh, if you think that's unbelievable, take a look at recent history. And if you, only, if you don't think anything's true until you hear it in the ABC, well, this is on the ABC News website about the 2009 swine flu pandemic. A report just out from the Council of Europe, this was written in 2010, has come to some devastating conclusions. The declaration of a pandemic led to a waste of huge sums of public money, a distortion of priorities in public health services, the provocation of unjustified fear and the creation of health risks through vaccines and medications that may not have been sufficiently tested. Does that sound familiar? They've done it before, they're doing it again, people. It's just the playbook. So I'd like to wind up uh, by saying, by quoting the uh, 18th century philosopher who is well known for speaking out against tyranny, Voltaire said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. They've taken it into your workplaces, they're taking it into the schools, and the, tender, and the tenders for the concentration camps for the uninjected in Western Australia have been submitted. The tenders have been submitted. The next stage is construction if we don't stop it. History tells us that the madness won't stop until we make it stop. The, only, uh, the good news is that there are so many things we can do and we have started. People are waking up like never before all over the world. Fantastic turnout today. Good on you all for coming. But we need to... And here's... And here's the key that you know you're on the wrong side of it because people are waking up and they are not going back to sleep. There is no truth to go back to once you come to this side and you figure out what's going on. You can never go back because you can't unlearn something. You can't de-understand something. You can't extract knowledge that you really have. And now you have the knowledge and more people are getting it every day. We're gonna keep it going. There's a long way to go. Let's take our country back. Wow, this is uh, absolutely beautiful. I thought um, I thought Karajini and Coral Bay was the best estate they had to offer, but uh, looking out at this crowd today, it's um, topped it by far. And I never thought that I'd um, see uh, congregated domestic terrorists look so good. So, so thank you for being here. It's a really uh, wonderful feeling, um, I'm sure, for everyone that's here as well as all of us um, from up here. It's an amazing feeling to be surrounded by so many like-minded and awake uh, people when we've, our government and our mainstream media, their lapdogs, have uh, done such an amazing job at trying, doing their best to divide us, uh, to separate us, to, um, to push us apart and create this real division in our community. And uh, seeing us all come together, it's really um, fantastic and I, it's a big privilege for me to talk here in front of you. 
So my name's Adrian McRae. I'm, uh, as, as uh, Aaron mentioned, I'm from the Pilbara. I'm um, representing the FIFO, the mining and the construction people that are here today. Thanks for you guys that have hung around. All right, so um, obviously we're short on time. The day's getting long and we've all been here for a long time, so I'm gonna get straight onto it. So let's start at the bottom of the barrel. As Judy said, we know this is not a vaccine. Um, as, as, uh, as the Pfizer CEO, Alex Buller, says himself, it's a, it's a gene editing technology. Now, whether you wanna take that as this is uh, gene altering, I would have to say uh, yes, but um, this gene technology uh, created by Pfizer uh, when Pfizer submitted their emergency use authorization documents to the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. in the end of 20, uh, end of last year, they had they had uh, 44,000 clinical trial participants. 22,000 took the drug. 22,000 took a placebo. At the end of six months, the placebo group had two people that died from COVID. The drug group had one person die of COVID. And so Pfizer said to the Food and, Food and Drug Administration. Two is 100% more than one, so our drug is 100% effective. Now anyone with a functioning brain can see the bullshit through that. So if you look at that another way, it takes 22,000 doses of this, of this uh, gene editing technology to save one person from COVID. But what happens if you give 22,000 doses? Well, that's also in the Pfizer documents. So Pfizer's own documents after six months there was 20 people that had died in the, in the drug group, but only 14 people had died in the placebo group. So we know, using Pfizer's own maths, that two is 100% more than one. 20 is 43% more than 14. And so we can tell straight up from Pfizer's own documents that you're 43% more likely to die in the next six months after taking the jab than someone who hasn't taken the jab. But not only that, but not only that, what, what are the people, what were the extra people dying from? We know from the, from the trial, there was five people that died in the drug trial from heart attack and one that had died in the placebo. So, again, using Pfizer's own maths, if you take this gene editing therapy or gene therapy or jab, whatever you want to call it, we know it's not a vaccine, if you take that, you are 43% more likely to die in the next six months, but you're 500% more likely to die from a heart attack. Now, in my industry up in the Pilbara, this is exactly what we're seeing. Never before have we seen so many people in our industry, in the mines, either collapsing or outright dropping dead than we have in the last three months. In fact, two weeks ago, some of my staff down on one of the big mine sites in the Pilbara, we had three guys go down in the space of 10 days. Two of them died. One of them we don't know because he dropped on the plane flying home, so we don't know what happened to him. The last we heard of him, he was carried off the plane. So, this drug, which they're selling to us as safe and effective, one, it's not safe, as we as obviously show. Two, is it effective? Well, I'm pretty sure you guys know whether or not it's effective. It's, it's if, you, if you look at the uh, London, the, the, the data coming out of the UK now, over 80% in the last eight weeks of people who have died from COVID-19 have died having had the double jab, 80%. 80%. Not, only, not only that, 
We know from, we know from uh, Israel and Egypt, two neighbouring countries on the Mediterranean. Um, the vaccination rate in Egypt is 3%. They're now having 14 people per day, 14 cases per day per 100,000 people. Across the border in Egypt, they're at 85% jabbed and they're 85% jabbed and they are having over 5,000 new cases per day per 100,000 people. Now, what are they doing differently in Egypt? Of course, they're using early treatment. The first protocol is hydroxychloroquine and the number two protocol is ivermectin. What we're fighting against here, guys, is this drug being sold as safe and effective. We know it's not safe and effective, but this is what they're using. They're using the, they're using the narrative that people that aren't jabbed are hurting or killing the people that are. And this is the only narrative that they can use to force us to take an injection. Now we know every city, country and, and county on earth, the higher the injections, the higher the infections. If we look, if we look, at, uh, if we look at Gibraltar, it's almost 100% vaccination rate or injection rate, over 99%, 99.5, 99.8. And they've just this week, they've closed their Christmas and New Year's festivities because they've got so many people having, uh, so many cases and so many people ho hospitalised that they've shut down the entire Christmas and New Year's festivities. And they've got no anti-vaxxers to blame it on because there are no, no one there that's unjabbed. Okay, guys, so... It's really important, and um, unfortunately we're, uh, we're, we're out of time, but I just really want to hammer the point home. You really need to hold the line. You need to stay strong with this. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of pressure. We're, we're counting down to our deadline, certainly us in the construction and mining space. We've only got 10 days left before we, before we have either lose our jobs or take this jab. But um, all I can ask is, guys, stay strong in this. Do, do what you've got to do. This is... This is uh, the, it's not just us, obviously every jab, it the two jab becomes three jabs, becomes four jabs. And next, as you know, January, they're coming for our kids. They're starting a war. Only, only in the last, only, in the, only yesterday, as you know, McGowan was in my local town, Port Hedland, and he told the indigenous people up there, we're coming door to door. We'll give you one chance, we'll come and knock on your door. If you take it, don't take it the first time, we're gonna put the serious pressure on the next one. Really, really got to get up the stage, guys. We're uh, we're running at the end of the end of our day, so thank you so much for being here. And um, yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very, very much. Now, before I invite our next speaker up, I just want to uh, remind everybody that we must stay vigilant. We cannot take our foot off the accelerator for an absolute moment. We will be back here on the 18th of December. Are you with me? Are you going to bring at least five friends each? We will have a new, bigger venue because there are so many of us. So put that in the old diary. 18th, we're going to have a bit of a, a Christmas one. I think, and I've, I've been thinking, what do you think of this? Ho, 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 McLeod must go. Merry Christmas to you. Perth. I know that medical staff are not reporting 
prevents possible COVID vaccine injuries. The WA Health site states, the medical or nurse practitioner who becomes aware of an adverse event following an immunisation has a statutory responsibility to notify the WA Department of Health within 72 hours of diagnosis. I can confirm this is not happening. Not in the emergency departments and not on the wards. I asked the doctors, are these going to be reported? And they say no. They don't even know how to report them. It might be written in the paper on their notes, but those notes don't get reported on and they don't get followed up on. So if the medical staff are not reporting on adverse reactions, how can we even trust the data? A research in America showed only less than 1% of adverse events get reported. So what are our real numbers? How many people are suffering illness and life-threatening conditions because of these vaccines? How many people have actually died? And how can anyone give informed consent if we do not have that data? Because we don't. We deserve to trust our medical system. We deserve to, to have the truth about our medical treatments. We deserve to have faith that our medical system has our back. But the trust has been broken and that is not okay. I would like to ask my nursing colleagues who are administering these COVID vaccines, do you believe that you are following our nursing code of conduct? Are you upholding the person's right to informed choice? Remembering that informed choice means having a medical treatment voluntarily and knowing that the definition of voluntarily is acting on one's free will. Dear nurses and medical professionals, when a person comes to you in tears, telling you they are shit scared and saying the only reason they are giving you their arm to jab is because they're being forced, coerced and bullied, saying that if they don't, they will no longer be able to work, pay their bills, pay their mortgage and support their family. Do you actually think this is okay? Do you actually think injecting this person is okay? I want to repeat that. My dear medical professionals and vaccinators, when a person has come to you and states they are under duress and coercion and does not want this vaccine but has to have it, otherwise they fear losing their life as they know it, do you believe this is informed consent? And do you honestly feel as a registered nurse or other medical professional that you are doing your best to advocate for that person? Do you believe you are injecting them lawfully? Because I do not. I beg, I hope and I pray that all health practitioners who are administering these vaccines stand up and start saying no. No to the coercion of vaccines. No to the mandates. And no to performing any more vaccines until informed consent can actually be gained. Deserve to trust our medical system.
system and the professionals within it. And right now, everyone has every right to have severe distrust in our medical system and everyone working in it. This needs to change. We are all worthy and we all deserve so much more. I want to thank everyone here, just being here, unvaxxed and vaxxed. We are all one. Thank you for standing strong. Thank you for all my colleagues who are holding the line with me. Keep spreading the Roger Cook and Emergency Services Minister Reese Whitby, they will be held responsible. And this federal election, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, we are coming after you. rates in the world, around 94% of adults are fully vaccinated. Um, unfortunately, the 5% that are not uh, are causing a lot of the trouble. Um, about 5% are not fully vaccinated, but about 50% of people in hospital and ICU are not fully vaccinated. So uh, even that 5% can 
uh, create a lot of difficulty. And then also, it's very evident now that immunity from the vaccines is waning. And we can see that happening across Europe. Uh, and that's why we're going to need to give people a third dose. Uh, and uh, that's what we're pushing ahead with now at, the, now, now at present. Israel, the country that has set a milestone by vaccinating most of its adult population, is now struggling to contain the spread of COVID-19. Israel has reported its highest daily infection rates in three months. The health ministry recorded 307 new cases on Wednesday. This comes as the Delta variant continues to spread across the country. It also marks a significant jump from 293 cases which were reported on the previous day. The health ministry also expects the cases to rise further in the coming days. This has raised concerns that Israel could be plunging back into the COVID crisis. What I'm saying is that I'm seeing a uh, the, the storm clouds gathering over parts of the European continent. And I've, I've got to be absolutely frank with people. I can, and we've been here before and we remember what happens when a wave starts, starts rolling in. The UK has built in a huge amount of protection thanks to the, the vaccine rollout and people's amazing willingness to come forward and and get jabbed. What I'm saying today is that the urgency of getting that that booster jab is is more evident than ever. That first audio was Irish Deputy PM. There was also an Israeli news report and UK Boris Johnson. Just a few other highly vaccinated countries with spikes in COVID-19 cases. I think it's clear that with or without the jab, it makes no difference. If anything, the jab seems to be weakening immune systems, and if not, it's weakening minds, as people are giving up their free will. This leads me to transhumanism. Could it be the government is misleading, deceiving, pushing us, we the people, towards a world of control? Where our spirit, perception, thinking, psyche, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, will no longer be real as we humans have given up our free will to be controlled like robots. The Davos Agenda. Own nothing and be happy. Sounds like a demonic utopia to me. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment and I hope that you will tune in to the next show. And don't forget people, open your hearts, open your minds, live life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.